0: Hey everybody, it's Father Edward Looney, the host of How They Love Mary. When I began this podcast back in 2019, I had a vision. And that was one day I would publish a book called How They Love Mary. Over my life as a writer and researcher, I have read the writings of many holy men and women and many saints. And I have discovered how they loved the Blessed Mother and they have inspired me. I'm excited to share that at the end of April, Sophia Institute Press will release the book, How They Love Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of Marian Devotion. It features saints like St. Saint Damien of Molokai, St. Francis of Assisi, St. Therese of Lisieux, and other unknown people like Mother Mary Francis from Roswell, New Mexico, or Father Lucas Etlin, a monk who died back in the early 1900s from Conception Abbey in Missouri. I am so excited for How They Love Mary to hit bookshelves and to get into your hands so that you might deepen your devotion to the Blessed Mother. Get How They Love Mary from Sophia Institute Press or wherever you get your Catholic books. Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you're listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. I just recently had the opportunity to preview the movie Father Stew, and lots of people are talking about it. Even people in my parish have been telling me that they want to go see Father Stew, and they don't know that I've already seen it and things of that nature. So uh, it's been really exciting to see the buzz about this movie. And I watched it blindly; I didn't know anything about Father Stew, and uh, just left the film as I was sitting in my living room watching it, just in awe and amazed at the story of this priest Father Stu and it's a film coming out now in theaters uh Mark Wahlberg is one of the main actors and really one of the big promoters behind the film he knew that this story had to be told once he encountered it Mel Gibson also has a role in the film as the father, the dad of Father Stu, and it's a wonderful story. And today on How They Love Mary, I'm joined uh, by Father Bart Tolleson, who is a priest of the Diocese of Helena, who was ordained alongside Father Stuart Long and currently serves as an administrator of a few parishes and also the priest assistant to the bishop for special projects and events. I'm very grateful that you're joining me to talk a little bit about Father Stu and to share about his life with me and the listeners. Yeah, happy to be here. So I know that you've seen the film, obviously, you've been doing some of these media circuits to talk about it. And I'm just wondering, what were your initial impressions as you saw the film? Because you knew Father Stuart Long, you were ordained alongside him. So what were your thoughts or your takeaways as you saw it on the big screen for the first time?
1: Yeah, you know, I had known, we had known the film was shot, you know, they started shooting actually the day after uh, Divine Mercy Sunday last year. And I'd been talked a little bit through the script and knew there was going to be some, you know, some necessary liberties taken with a real story because you're trying to synthesize this very complicated story into a two hour movie. And I thought, uh, you know, there's a lot of anticipation over the course of that year. He was kind of waiting to see. And so. When I first got to see the film, you know, you're, there's a little bit of an initial shock because you actually live many of those things with Stu and then you realize, you know, th- this is different. But then if you kind of get that and put it on the side, if you could see the film like you did, Father, and not knowing anything about Stu, then you realize that uh, the, the writer, Roslyn Ross, she just distilled these different events in Stu's life down to this key moments and really gets I think the the rhythm of his life, and his attitude and his heart really right on the screen. So it really is, I think, a, a good movie and something to inspire people.
0: You mentioned as you know him, sometimes it's hard to like sit down and see something like that. I'm wondering as you knew him, is this movie a good snapshot of Father Stuart Long? Are there some exaggerated scenes? Um, it, does it really follow his life uh, pretty well?
1: Well, the, there are some exaggerated scenes. I think though a snapshot is a good word. There's little key moments in his life that they're trying to get across a, a, a in the film that come across very well. I mean, you're like, oh, I realize that you know he's he, he got into seminary and, and uh, he was a unique person in the seminary and Uh, He finally got ordained and he had this disease and he served people tirelessly and they were inspired and attracted to him. You know, when I first saw some of the scenes, my reaction, it wasn't so much hard. It was just funny because uh, knowing Stu and knowing the real guy, these uh, characters and also knowing his dad, Bill, pretty well, these characters uh, playing these real life individuals, to me, it's just kind of funny. But they really did they did a good job. i was uh, I was very impressed with how how they put it all together.
0: One of the things I took away was just all of these different little moments of conversion in the life of Father Stuart Long. So he was this boxer. He then goes to Hollywood, wants to become an actor, meets a woman who introduces him really to faith, at least in the film. His parents were not believers. His father, most especially an atheist. And so you see these moments of conversion in the life of Stuart Long happening. Again, this girlfriend introducing him to the Lord, and he converts to the faith, is baptized, and then he has this near-death experience, and he decides he wants to be a priest. So you have an instrument there. The the woman he fell in love with leads him to Christ, who then Christ— takes him away from her in the sense that then he's called to the priesthood. And and that was an interesting dynamic to watch and to see uh, portrayed in the film. I'm assuming that is from his life. Is that right?
1: Yes. Uh, most of those things are from his life. You know, St. Paul says, I count all lost. And the, the different moments in Sue's life was basically just starting to lose things and really Actually, the motorcycle accident came before his baptism. That was one thing they they switched in the film, and that uh, his rehabilitation with his girlfriend at that point, she said, you know, I want you to become Catholic, and he started uh, investigating it in a serious way before he just kind of laughed about religion, but he got more serious about it after that accident and entered RCIA, became Catholic, and then was baptized, And right, you know, during his baptism and, and the days thereafter. He had this he said this kind of funny notion that maybe you should be a priest, and he thought it was crazy and he was he, he couldn't imagine it that it would always keep coming back and eventually uh, he took it more seriously and followed that path. and of course, the relationship with a girlfriend ended, and uh, he went on forward to pursue priesthood.
0: So what was Stuart long like? You met him in the seminary, you went to seminary together. You are considered one of his best friends, and so what was he like, and maybe what impact did he have on your life?
1: Yeah, so Stu and I actually we were in two different seminaries, though we were in the same ordination class um but he was he was funny I mean, we laughed a lot together. I loved his sense of humor, and he didn't really care. He was also really very bold, he didn't have much fear of anything he he he, he didn't shy away from things. He was uh, blunt sometimes with people in terms of uh, how they were approaching their spiritual lives or something else. Uh, he listened very well. Um, he was a, a faithful guy to a friendship, and uh, he challenged you. And uh, he, was, he was fun to be with, and it was good. Uh, I was just honored to be ordained with him and just watch God light his ministry on fire uh, during the years of his priestly service.
0: It's my understanding that he served as a priest after ordination. And one of the things for Father Stuart Long was he was diagnosed with this autoimmune disorder, which really then began to affect his muscles and the way in which he was able to function. And so what did his priesthood lived out look like in those years right, of his, ministry?
1: It was six and a half years of priestly ministry after before he died. And, uh, you know, at first... Uh, I when I, I mean, I knew Stu before I didn't even notice anything was wrong. But at our ordination, he was on crutches and had been diagnosed. And the, the disease, you know, it starts with extremity. So his fingers got affected initially, and then his ability to kind of stand up without support got affected. And uh, early on, he served uh, on the Native American reservation and uh, then moved to another place where there was a, a, a rectory situation where it was a single uh, floor. So he didn't have to worry about stairs as much because those got difficult. And then uh, there were a few falls there. And eventually he got moved into the big uh, sky care center in Helena, where he went to a wheelchair pretty much full time. And they had the facilities there to be able to kind of take care of him. So really for, for the last four years of his priestly ministry, uh, he was being run out of uh, a nursing home it was just amazing
0: there was a moment in the film in which he goes into this nursing home and it seems that people from the outside would come and maybe he would be their confessor he would hear confessions was that really an aspect of his ministry while in the nursing home a confessor it absolutely to outsiders was.
1: Oh. he was he was people started lining up and there was no check in you just you just went over there in the morning and got in line. Um, it was just amazing how those lines grew. And it wasn't just for confession. He heard he, a ton of confessions, but he also, people needed counseling. Uh, they wanted insight. He would see people who didn't even believe there was a God and he wanted to talk to them. And he, he did everything he could. He also went around the area and uh, did masses. Uh, toward the end of his life, he, he had to have assistance. And it was a very beautiful thing to watch and he uh, tried to, to be and help where he could he went to the hospital a lot and would have nurses like actually move his hand so he could anoint people
0: were there really concerns about ordaining him to the priesthood at the time because that's one of the things that they mention in the film did the bishop the ordaining bishop have reservations
1: well the seminary in their final evaluation had expressed those concerns with the to the bishop and saying you know he, he may not even be able to celebrate mass i mean you're going to ordain him and he, he couldn't even celebrate mass and so there was some caution there just in terms of the the uh, medical prognosis and also Stu was a tough customer i mean he he just shot straight straight between the eyes and uh if you didn't like what he was saying he didn't care too much so uh it was funny that way but bishop thomas when he got that evaluation he just he told Stu that he was going to delay The ordination and uh, at that point for myself I I had actually been a transfer into the Diocese of Helena uh, as a seminarian a few years before and and so I was just delayed too a little bit And so he says we're we're, I'm just gonna wait and pray about this and so I know Bishop Thomas said he took it to Our Lady regularly and Stu actually went on a pilgrimage to Lourdes um, and had quite an amazing experience at Lourdes and then in the Notre Dame Cathedral where He just had this new piece about this disease and realized that god was going to manifest great love and great conversion through accepting the disease and when he got back from that trip he went and saw bishop thomas and bishop thomas said well i have decided i don't care what anyone else says you're going to be ordained and you're going to have a, a very important preaching ministry i have no doubt so
0: When I was growing up, and this would be about the time when you were going to the seminary uh, back in the early 2000s, I remember that Father Benedict Rochelle wrote a book and it was called A Priest Forever. And it was the story of this priest named Father Eugene Hamilton. Right, I've
1: read the book. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So Father Eugene was a person who was diagnosed with cancer. It was terminal. He was in the seminary. They ordained him a priest on his deathbed. And that's just really an inspiring story. And so when I watched Father Stu, the movie, that was kind of one of the stories that came to mind. One of these priests whose ministry, now he had a much longer ministry than Father Eugene Hamilton, but it's so inspiring to see how just in six years, six and a half years of priestly ministry, how he was able to touch so many hearts, how he was to capture the heart of Mark Wahlberg so much so that he wanted to be able to tell this story. And I don't know about you, but when I watch movies, when I watch television shows on Netflix, sometimes the portrayal of priests is not the greatest that, you know, you'll have the vampire priest in Midnight Mass, for example, which was a series on Netflix. So they they portray the priest not in a good light. But this is the priestly film, I think of our age. And in fact, it could almost be a vocation film. I I could see a young person, maybe a college age student going to see this film and maybe begin to think about their own calling in life. Do you think it'll inspire vocations?
1: I hope it does. I really hope it does. I mean, Stu was his own person. I mean, he he didn't, you know, alter his personality uh, to become a priest, but he wanted to be the best version of himself to be a priest. And he was very serious about his priesthood and living that priesthood out as best as he could, despite his suffering and his weakening body and the limitations he had. He was determined to do that for God and to be the best version of himself. And uh, you know, if God can call Stuart Long to the priesthood, he can call any person, any young man uh, to the priesthood. I mean, God can work with us where we're at. And really, God calls us all, right? He's calling everybody. Uh, different vocations, but he's calling us all. And I, I really also hope that not only for for men discerning priesthood and wondering if they're good enough or if they can live up to it, uh, to, to think about Stuart and says, yes, you can. You can live up to it if you can. But also— Whatever your vocation is, no matter how far away you feel from God, no matter how sinful you might feel, or how many doubts you might have, or how much despair, or even pain and suffering of loss, or even a sickness you might have, that God can work with you, and God is calling you because God loves you, and that's that's another powerful story. And God will meet you right where you are. He met Stu right where he was time and time again, and he can meet you right where you are. And that's another message. I hope that goes out to everyone who sees the film.
0: You touched a little on this earlier by mentioning his pilgrimage to Lourdes by going to Notre Dame and Paris in Paris. So what was his devotion to Mary? Like this is a podcast, which a lot of times talks about devotion to Mary. So what was a a characteristic picture, I guess, of Marian devotion for him in the film at it portrays him learning the rosary, praying before a statue right. of Mary and things like that.
1: Right. So he he definitely had a devotion to Our Lady. Uh, the way that the film depicts it, kind of in a mystical sort of way, it was a little different in real life. But uh, Stu prayed the rosary a lot. He encouraged others to pray the rosary a lot. Uh, during the last uh, few weeks of his life, when he really could not communicate too much, he had a few moments where he was able to communicate. Um, if someone would come into his room and start praying the rosary, Stu would uh, start to pray the rosary along with him. And there was even uh, the last few days of his life, he was holding a rosary. Someone had put a rosary into his hands, and the person had, you know, had given it to Stu to hold. That it was their rosary, and they went to get it back, and Stu <laughs> Stu wouldn't give it back to him. Even the last couple of days of his life, because he was. I know he was holding on, you know, not only to our Lord, but to to the Blessed Mother as well.
0: You're a priest of the Diocese of Helena. You are a priest assistant to the bishop, meaning you work in close collaboration with him. And I noticed that the Diocese of Helena made a statement about the Father Stuart Long movie, partly because of the language and things used in it. What could you say about this statement that the diocese issued?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know that... uh, they, you know, they wanted a statement both from Bishop Thomas, who's now in Las Vegas, who who ordained both Stu and I, but also from Bishop Vedder, um, because Stu was a, a priest of our diocese, and you know I, I, of course, am. And so it was trying to trying to craft a, a, a statement that the two bishops can agree on. So there was a there was a few drafts of that statement. Bishop Thomas started it and had some some really good takes on it. He's he's great with words, and Bishop Vedder added a few touches to it and. And uh, then uh, our director of communication kind of smoothed it out and, and got that out there. You know, there, we did want to warn people that the, the film does have strong language. It's rated R. It's probably not for everybody. So you have to be warned that way. But it really depicts it's, you know, in a real sort of way. I mean, the way Stu was before his conversion, you know, this was just who he was. I mean, and they made no excuses for it. And it's I think it's powerful to see this real person move through these stages and become redeemed time and time and again, and become holier, kind of one step at a time through the stage of his his life.
0: People are going to be learning the story of Father Stuart Long because of this movie now. Do you think that this could somehow maybe create a sense of devotion around his person and maybe even lead to the potential exploration of a cause for canonization?
1: Yeah, uh, I definitely, I mean, already, <laughs> I can't tell you how many people are are asking for Stu's intercession. And we, that started some time ago. And we've actually seen some pretty amazing miracles through his intercession happen. And uh, even Mark Wahlberg is praying for his intercession regularly, which is really great. And I, uh, you know, in terms of canonization, that's a whole process. I don't think we want to jump the gun on that. I think part of it, we want to just let the story rise, this film rise. Some of the other things about Stu will, will come out uh, probably pretty quickly after the film and uh, just kind of see where it goes over the course of a couple of years or so. And then maybe uh, if the bishop decides he wants to start that process, it could. It's certainly a potential in the future. Not right now, but I, have, I don't have any doubts personally about uh, Stu's final destiny and uh, his work. Uh, From heaven and uh, but you know, that's for the church to decide and we'll see what happens. We'll see
0: Where is Father Stu buried? I know sometimes people like to visit the graves and so maybe if someone is there They might want to stop by the cemetery
1: Yeah, resurrection cemetery in Helena He's in the priest block with all the other deceased priests of the diocese or many of the others and um, Yeah, people go out there regularly. I go out there regularly. I take people out there to pray um, and just have seen some transformative uh, things happen out there. You know, they really kind of meet Stu at ground zero. And uh, it's it's a beautiful thing.
0: Father Bart, it's been great to be able to talk with you, to learn more about the real Father Stu. We meet the the Father Stu in the movie the movie version, but great to hear who he was as a real person from someone that knew him, that studied with him, that was ordained alongside him. So thanks so much for promoting the movie, Father Stu. I hope it's my prayer that it's going to touch many people. I'm going to recommend it in my Easter bulletin column. And uh, this episode great. is airing on Holy Thursday, just as a way to tell the story of a heroic priest.
1: It's a good day to air this episode and, and good to be with you, Father Ed.
0: Thanks for listening to today's show. I hope that my conversation with today's guest was one that enriched you spiritually and also helped you to foster a deeper love for the Blessed Virgin Mary. If you enjoyed this podcast, could you do me a favor? Go over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the podcast so that others might find it as a recommended podcast from other Catholic podcasts that they might listen to. And if you don't mind, share about the show on social media so that your friends and family might come to find it and be enriched by our conversations as well. And if you don't mind, you can follow me on social media at FR Edward Looney on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And this show, How They Love Mary, will soon be a book available from Sophia Institute Press. You can already go over to their website and pre-order How They Love Mary. Thanks so much for listening. May God bless you today. Know of my prayers for you. And may Mary pray for you today and always.